that's fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't feel quite as passionately. Uh, in fact, I'm feeling a little bit anemic today, uh, somewhat low energy. But they, that um, I'm glad that you were able to sort of relieve um, that pent up sexual energy, and hopefully we can channel it into today's topic, which is um, anemia. Uh, anemia, I think, is a, a fairly high yield uh, topic, and uh, we'll use the classic uh, breakdown uh, into microcytic, normocytic, macrocytic. Um, by far and away, about ninety percent of anemias that you'll encounter are the mi- the microcytic. Um, so, if there's any part of this podcast that you're going to pay attention to, please, I'm begging you, focus on on the first part. So why don't we just jump right into things? Um, any any broad definition of anemia? So it depends. It depends on uh, your sex is the is the big thing here. For adult males, I think the def- definition is more or less uh, hemoglobin of under one thirty, and then for females, it's under one twenty. Uh, and the one, I guess, caveat that you should probably keep in mind with that is that uh, adult females that are pregnant will have a physiological anemia. True that. Yeah, there's a few, there's a few sort of dilutional states, but indeed the uh, the pregnancy, I think, is is the most common one that we'll encounter, especially in second and third trimester. Um, we use international units naturally because we're we're globalists. For for our American colleagues, you'll spend a little bit of time in in conversion there by moving the decimal place uh, once to the left. So right, so that's I think that's I, I'm really glad that we use that uh, definition right off the bat. We can measure hemoglobin and we can tell someone yes, no, anemia. What's the other uh, complete blood count uh, parameter? Uh, that is uh, that's of secondary importance for our uh, diagnostic stratification. So we're thinking probably hematocrit here uh, for adult males. Uh, hematocrit of less than 0.41 percent uh, qualifies for anemia, and with females, it's less than 0.36 percent. Nice, good. And then uh, so microcytic anemia. Uh, will be um, uh, with reference to our MCV or our mean corpuscular volume. Uh, for folks that have um, an MCV less than 80, um, the, uh, th- that would be classified as a, a microcytic. Frankly, if, if people are hovering around 80, uh, we will commonly see that in, in iron deficiency. So just because they're a little bit above uh, 80, and we'll talk about RDW as well, um, doesn't rule out, you know, the most common causes of, of microcytic anemia. Um, so uh, why not address it while, while we're here? So the RDW or the, oh my God, I shouldn't know what this is. It, what is it? The, what does RDW stand for? The red cell distribution the, width. Yeah. 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 Right. So if there's a high RDW, uh, it suggests that there is potentially um, two populations. That is the the uh, large reticulocytes that can spuriously uh, increase your MCV, uh, 
Um, so even though the majority of the cells are are small, uh, and therefore uh, it's likely that a microcytic uh, anemia is present, uh, reticulocytosis. So as you know, reticulocytes are are the precursor uh, cells or the uh, nucleated uh, red cells. Um, they're much, much, much larger, and so they can lead to a spurious elevation of the the MCV. So just have a peek if you're suspicious. You think every everything points to microcytic anemia, and there's a large um, RDW. It may be because of this dual population, and of course, you can measure uh, retics as well. So that's a, I think a good uh, CBC uh, indication of of um, uh, microcytic anemia. If any of the other other values are abnormal, please uh, consult your uh, academic level uh, hematologist. No, I'm just joking. But I, I don't have a clue what the other uh, most of the other uh, red cell um, uh, values, and, and I don't tend to think they're clinically relevant. But correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I ignore them entirely, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I think I've like totally forgotten even what they are, what they yeah. stand for. Yeah. So getting right into um, a, a nice handy mnemonic for microcytic uh, anemia. This is this is high yield. So remember this for your your wards and your boards. Um, and that is tails. So T for thalassemia. Um, that's a little bit of a, a discussion, so let's just stick to the mnemonic for now. A is anemia of chronic disease. You'll see this all of the time, uh, particularly in folks that are, uh, you, you see it in sick people, obviously, people with cancer, nasty infections, etc. But you'll see it in inflammatory folks. So people with things like Crohn's, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, etc., etc. So anyone who has an underlying uh, inflammatory disorder they tend to uh, sequester their their iron, and as I recall, it's because your your body's uh, mechanisms uh, uh, responding to inflammation uh, from a you know an evolutionary perspective uh, was often infection, and one of the limiting reagents in in bacterial expansion is is iron and availability of iron. So your body wants to mop that right up uh, so as to protect against infection, or at least. So the story goes. So anyone who has chronic inflammation, uh, such as an underlying uh, inflammatory autoimmune illness, may have uh, microcytic anemia. And you'll work them up and you'll, you'll pack them full of iron and nothing will happen and it can be very frustrating. In terms of um, the next letter, I, that's iron deficiency. Uh, so again, definitely the most common. Think about blood loss, and we'll go into this in a little bit more detail, but uh, GI is very, very important, a very common cause of a chronic iron deficiency anemia. GU, is it coming out in the, in the urine? Is it coming through the vagina? Is it coming through an intra-abdominal trauma? Um, um, iron deficient diets are a, a big con contributor, especially in, in vegetarians, Dr. PhD. Celiac disease or other malabsorptive uh, syndromes. Renal failure can be a, a big one, uh, especially if they're on EPO or if they're on erythropoietin. Um, and then any cause of, of intravascular uh, hemolysis can do it as well. So that's a, a useful sort of 
differential in terms of iron deficiency. L is for lead poisoning. We never see that anymore, but if it's an old house, I believe it's something like before, and you guys may have the number, but I think it's before the, if it's, it's set, if the house was last painted in the seventies or earlier, uh, think about it. Uh, that's when, uh, lead was still in paint. Um, and kiddos can eat lead chips, for example. So old houses have a thought about that. Uh, and then finally, sideroblastic anemia, which like thalassemia is a, an entity in and of itself. Um, so that's a very useful mnemonic for microcytic anemia. Beauty. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to mention, like, I'm really curious about, uh, like, I want to go give blood to see if I am actually anemic. Cause I'm very, I'm very curious whether I do have iron deficiency anemia for my diet. You're like, Garen, well, to start with, you're, you're one of the whitest sons of bitches I've ever met. <laughs> um, so, so that doesn't help, but your, your pallor, uh, it's, it's honestly difficult to look at you. And that's not because <laughs> of your, of your contorted facial features and general unpleasantness. It's the, the, the sun and lights reflecting off your skin. So I have little doubt that you're anemic, um, and suffer from, from chronic anemia given, uh, an inadequate uh, dietary source. Some other uh, and, symptoms of anemia that your patients might experience besides the extreme pallor. Uh, they might have fatigue. Uh, some patients complain of headaches as well as lightheadedness, uh, general malaise and weakness, very like nonspecific symptoms. A lot of them say decreased exercise tolerance as well or shortness of breath with exertion. Uh, some may also have palpitations or even things like syncope if they may have an orthostatic uh, episode. There's uh, uh, some other things that you'll want to ask about on history, so uh, about bleeding or any systemic illnesses, uh, as well as uh, alcohol history, which we can get into later. And we will want to know about their menstrual history as well, so things like uh, menorrhagia as a source of, uh, of anemia. And pancytopenia is also something we want to kind of consider when we're thinking about uh, anemia in general. So do they have things like uh, easy bruising or recurrent infections, um, things like mucosal bleeding as well. And in terms of our physical exam, we'll be looking for that, uh, that beautiful white pallor, um, particularly in the mucous membranes and conjunctiva. We might be looking for uh, jaundice uh, if um, there's like a hemolytic process involved. Angular chelitis is something we'll assess. And with your uh, cardiac exam, uh, do assess for orthostatic hypotension and tachycardia, as well as signs of CHF. And uh, in addition to the pallor, we also want to examine the skin for um, things like uh, ecchymoses and petechiae. We'll look for nail changes as well, so uh, the spooning nails. And we'll also want to assess uh, the abdomen for uh, splenomegaly as well. So that'll be kind of your general approach to, to anemia, uh, history, and physical. The one thing I would uh, add, maybe, maybe you already mentioned it, was also, yeah, just in history, uh, especially if you're doing microcytic family history, as we're going to go into like thalassemia, um, it's uh, yeah more common in people with Mediterranean and Asian uh, descent can run in families. Same with uh, sideroblastic. I think it's more rarely genetic sideroblastic anemia. Most of it's idiopathic, but I think there is like a genetic variant as well. 
So just asking if like it's something that runs in their family. Epic. <clears throat> I I kind of would like to have spoon nails, to be honest. To be, and like and then just do away with any uh, utensils. Or you can clean your ears out. You can pick your nose well. Yep, you could definitely pick your nose. So in terms of, uh, why don't we move on to uh, a, a case presentation? So there's a, there's just this like gaunt, um, uh, sort of disturbing looking man. He's probably in his late 20s, early 30s. Who who presents to your to your uh, urgent care? He's he's talking to himself. He has like what looks like semen stains uh, on his pants and, and his shirt. Just just has an air of of unpleasantness and unkemptness. Anyhow, he comes to you. He he's the whitest person you've ever seen, and uh, it's diff it's difficult looking at him. His his nails are clearly spooned. He's rambling on about this medical school podcast that he does and how he's a doctor doctor and he's, he's describing himself as doctor PhD. We're not sure if that's uh, just a manifestation of, of anemia and sort of confusion related to that or more like grandiose uh, delusions. Anyhow, so in terms of working this, this gentleman up, he, he presents with a, a syncopal episode. Uh, he, he hit his head. And, uh, he actually has this unusually large, like the, the, the mechanism wasn't too bad. He has this huge, um, uh, ecchymosis, lots and lots of bruising, um, and a very large hematoma that seems inconsistent with, with the story. He also reports being of uh, Mediterranean descent, which is, is, is inconsistent with his complexion, but perhaps his anemia is, is so severe that, um, the olive, uh, skin tone is is lost, um, and uh, the the other feature is he he actually has uh, Crohn's disease, uh, which is poorly uh, poorly controlled because he's of the opinion that restrictive diets such as uh, a vegan diet uh, will be sufficient to keep his uh, colitis in remission. So again, sort of this delusional picture. Um, so what are the first tests that you 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 might want to order for this gentleman? investigations yeah i feel like a, a cbc probably a good way to go um also you'd probably want to do coags as well given the extent of the uh ecchymosis uh two things that jump out to me and then obviously you'd probably do all your other generic uh blood workup but um i think those two generic that is that that's what's going on the uh the board exam Yep. Generic blood, <laughs> gener second line, generic blood workup. <laughs> that, that's going to be my answer verbatim. <laughs> should get pretty good points for that. <laughs> Covers um, everything. Yeah. So CBC and diff, for sure, most important thing, as we spoke about. Um, uh, and it, depending on, on your results there, uh, but for completeness and for, for testing purposes, we'll be a little bit more uh, 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 generous, uh, less conservative in our investigations. So normally I would do at least a, a CBC, uh, with iron studies, uh, which includes serum iron, uh, ferritin and TIBC or, uh, uh, transferrin, um, levels. And from that you can, you can calculate, uh, 
uh, percent sad as well. Additional studies, though, depending on those results. So again, starting with CBC iron studies um, would be a, a peripheral smear, reticula, uh, reticulocyte count, especially if you have that increased RDW and you want to know if they're reticking uh, to to rule out a, a production issue, right? So sometimes we can have aplastic anemias, so the marrow isn't doing what it, it should be doing. And then related to uh, uh, thalassemias, we can do a hemoglobin electrophoresis, and that can also be useful for uh, different types of uh, leukemias. Um, and then there's a, an important test, and, and this is a must and is on every uh, guideline. So what other holes can we lose uh, blood from? So it, let's say in any, any post-menopausal uh, uh, female or a gentleman over the age of 50 with a new anemia, what are you going to order? Uh, maybe an FOBT, considering that GI talk earlier. So, uh, yeah, at least an FOBT. Uh, we the the newer iteration, which is likely locally available for you, is is a FIT, which is an uh, an immuno uh, chemical test. Um, uh, fuck, am I retarded? What is it? It's a FIT stand for incontinence. Uh, Fecal immunochemical test, <laughs> as I said. So, sorry, there was nothing uh, very insightful to add there. So, fecal immunochemical test, but um, we'll we'll talk about that in a different episode. But yes, looking for any occult blood. Um, in locally, we actually go right to if it's significant um, and there's no other cause that we're identifying, we go right to colonoscopy. Um, but uh, it may be that you can answer, you know, fecal occult blood test or colonoscopy. So those are the some of the upfront uh, investigations that will be uh, useful. Um, in so terms, yep. Just just like a point, of, I guess a question on that. Uh, like, if on the test they give you like that case, you would first probably want to establish anemia first before doing all that extra blood work. I, I think it's fair, yeah. I think it's uh, so for for testing purposes, like let's say that they gave you three lines. Um, so CBC with diff, uh, iron studies. So you, you and you can fill it out. Usually, let's say Canadian guidelines, you you can write out ferritin, uh, serum iron, uh, TIBC. So one test per line um, would be sufficient. But like practically speaking, I, that's true too. Like I would. I would always do CBC, at least ferritin, if not the remaining iron studies, um, before proceeding to peripheral smear, et cetera. So that would be my approach. I think that that's uh, a common approach. And then depending if there was any super, super suspicious features, obviously family history of uh, thalassemia, vegetarian status, blah, 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 you might uh, be more uh, focused in your in your labs, but when in doubt, and especially if there's if there's space on a test, just be you know pretend that you have unlimited resources. They're not going to fault you for uh, for indicating appropriate investigations. Um, you know, you, this is not about conserving precious medical resources uh, for testing purposes. In my experience, okay. So um, we said fecal occult blood or uh, uh, colonoscopy, especially for those 
for men and, and postmenopausal female. Um, the that's the was something that we didn't mention uh, in our standardized patient uh, is a uh, professes to be a male. Um, uh, menorrhagia um, uh, super super common and just even even menstruating females like I don't know if you were to take a random sample of 30 year old menstruating females who haven't been pregnant a couple of times a decent chunk I'm going to wager 10 to 15 percent will have borderline anemias likely by virtue of of menses so uh, that's a very, very common cause. So you don't need to scope every single one of your 25-year-old menstruating females. It's probably their period. Okay, so that's um, that's useful. So just to, to round off that discussion of special tests, of course, if they have uh, gastritis symptoms or they have any sort of... Um, uh, uh, alcohol abuse, NSAID abuse, um, are on anticoagulants, uh, upper and lower endoscopy may be indicated. Um, and then if there's, if you have any suspicion around systemic causes, uh, such as, you know, we spoke about, uh, autoimmune illness, consider ESR CRP, which is a nice way to effectively rule a lot of that out. If not an ANA, the goddamn ANA. The mysterious ANA. Hopefully, it won't turn out speckled. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's a, a reasonable laboratory approach. Um, and then there, there is going to be based on those, you know, unfortunate folks that are going to require heme referral for things like uh, bone marrow biopsy and and more aggressive workups. Good. Do we want to spend a minute interpreting, interpreting um, iron studies? I think that that's useful. Is that something you guys want to? Yeah, yeah, I think that's useful. Uh, you know, for for exam purposes, for sure. So uh, I, I guess uh, if we're going to be differentiating microcytic anemia, uh, iron indices. Uh, so we're thinking about iron deficiency anemia, anemia of chronic disease, sideroblastic anemia, and thalassemia. So with uh, iron deficiency anemia, you will notice right away that the ferritin is uh, quite low, whereas in the other illnesses, the ferritin will be either normal or elevated. So that, that'll be a quick way to differentiate that. The RDW will also be uh, above 15. And uh, with the iron deficiency anemia, if a blood film is done, then you will notice um, hypochromic and microcytic uh, blood cells. So in turn, while you're kind of collecting your thoughts there, I, I have a, a hilarious anecdote about this. God, man, these like these um, uh, expat British docs that are so fucking condescending and pretentious uh, are just a pleasure to work with. Um, so there was this guy who was patronizing me when he was describing the results of Helminthics. What the fuck is a helminthic panel? And this is some antiquated term. When I think about the uh, etymology, I'm assuming it's with reference to like bloodletting and using worms uh, or whatever you call them, leeches. Um, to and maybe I'm wrong there, but have have either of you ever heard of helminthics? 
it's no. like a, it's like a yeah it's like a you know it's like talking about humors or something like that um uh you know back to, this is like he went to school, medical school with galen uh in ancient rome did he have so worms for, in his brain he must have had a wormy brain that's the only explanation this guy was he's ancient in fact he was probably i think he's south african but all of those commonwealth guys they the reason why they come over here is to make more money so I'm always very suspicious of them. They tend uh, to be fairly fairly knowledgeable, but they're not. In my experience, they can be pretty unpleasant. Um, so, um, well, on that microaggression, the, let's get back to the microcytic anemia, iron indices. Uh, yeah. So, so the sideroblastic anemia. Um, uh, so, so we'll, we'll expect uh, an increase in the RDW with uh, the iron deficiency anemia, sideroblastic anemia, and the thalassemia. Uh, with anemia of chronic disease, uh, you will have a lower uh, serum iron, um, uh, whereas with the sideroblastic anemia and the thalassemia, the iron will be either elevated or normal. Uh, iron deficiency anemia, main thing is the ferritin's super low. Uh, anemia of chronic disease and in iron deficiency anemia, it's decreased, whereas the sideroblastic anemia and thalassemia will be increased or normal. And then with uh, the sideroblastic anemia and the thalassemia, the further differentiation can, I guess, mostly be done through the blood film. Sideroblastic anemia, you'll see dual population and basophilic stipling, whereas in thalassemia, you will see hypochromic and microcytic blood cells as well as basophilic uh, stipling. So using those, so being able to interpret iron indices is important. Um, so just bear that in mind. Um, and the, uh, you know, you had mentioned this a, a few, a few times, Dr. I, but just while we're, uh, uh, on the topic of, of, of microcytic anemia, remember iron deficiency, low ferritin, low iron, increased TIBC because your, your body wants to increase the total iron binding capacity, you know, hold on to more iron, uh, but there is little iron available. So remember that and if it ain't that it's something weird um okay so that was was useful this is this is actually an interesting little nugget of information here that i'll pick out of my nose and flick at you guys uh which is, and i i'm now recalling this and that is the so-called thalassemia index so when your mcv divided by your rbc uh count uh is um, less than 13, it suggests thalassemia. And if it's greater than 13, it suggests iron deficiency. So basically, if that, uh, if that ratio is really low, that is the MCV to RBC, that's a time where you're a little bit, uh, suspicious, um, around, um, thalassemia. And, and remember, so, you, you know, in, in, in our, <laughs> In our whitewashed medical education, um, we think of thalassemias uh, as being common in, in Mediterranean uh, population, which indeed they are, but um, very common in uh, uh, especially South Asian uh, populations and other sort of tropical, uh, uh, you know, equatorial uh, Asian populations. Uh, so bear that in mind, and it's probably you're, you're probably more likely to see. Uh, well, depending where you live, um, uh, thalassemia in that population. 
Okay. So, um, and on the, this mirror, um, we'll see target cells and that comes up on exam. So thalassemia can classically cause, uh, target cells. I think a discussion of all of the electrophoresis results, beta thal, alpha, alpha thal, et cetera, is probably a little bit beyond the scope yeah. of our, of our study. Probably just, I don't know. Do you want to just do like a surface level of thalassemia or get into it? You looks sure. like you're, you're ready. I'm ready, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just to remind people, thalassemia is defects in the production of there's uh, alpha and beta globulins in uh, hemoglobin. And there's four alphas, two betas. It's not really important. Um, but you can have either a issue synthesizing the alpha chains or the beta chains. Uh, there's a couple of different types. If you just have a defect in one beta thal, it's just a trait don't require any treatment. Uh, with all of thalassemias, the workup is going to be pretty much the same. It's going to be your CBC and uh, peripheral smear is going to give you a good uh, index to, that is probably thalassemia. And for all of them, you can confirm it with the hemoglobin electrophoresis. Uh, so there's the minor, the trait of beta-thal, the major. In major beta-thal, they will require lifelong transfusions uh, coupled with iron chelation to prevent uh, iron overload. And then in alpha-thal, it is quite variable, but they uh, also might require um, transfusions in the future as well. But uh, just keep in mind that you can have a spectrum of the disease, you're going to diagnose it with uh, electrophoresis, and they may or not require uh, transfusions down the road. Right. Um, and is one is alpha or beta-thal uh, more common in one population or the other? Ooh, that's a great question. I don't know. Yeah. I just knew that it was like both of them you would go to Mediterranean slash Asian descent. Yeah. Uh I don't know if there's like a subdivision within that. So the um the in Southeast Asia, I believe um the alpha thalassemia is more uh common. Um whereas beta thal uh and alpha thalassemia is seen in in uh in the Middle East and elsewhere. If you can use the name to remember, so like, uh, you know, Southeast Asian, uh, just remember Asian, A, Alpha, uh, and uh, Africa as well. Nice. Mnemonic. We got it. We got enough stuff to cram in our brains. So whatever makes it, whatever makes it easier. Exactly. That's why we're here, man. That's why we're part of this experience is to cram people full of uh, acronyms and hopefully they'll remember it on call at some point in three in the morning. Okay, well, uh, what, what, so uh, let's say iron deficiency, which again is 90% of your microcytic anemias. Uh, we talked about the investigations to identify potential underlying clause, uh, causes. So, um, uh, unless you're, uh, a, a Caribbean uh, med school, uh, graduate. Oh, burn. Just oh. joking. I have lots of amazing, uh, colleagues who went that route. Um, uh, you, you don't want to just, uh, keep watching them bleed. So first, first thing first, uh, uh, first things first, apply a tourniquet, uh, to the arm that has a massive, uh, 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 gash on it, uh, such that they're exsanguinating. So that's the first step, uh, identify the source of the, the iron loss, the bleed. And then the, the second step in, in the weeks, uh, to come, um, is iron replacement. So if you have access to, to venofear, 
for example, and there's a severe anemia, especially a symptomatic anemia, um, that it, with, uh, with a hemoglobin that's, that's less than 70, um, they're, they're probably going to, to need, um, uh, either a transfusion like packed red cells, um, or if it's super, super chronic and they're young and resilient, uh, um, venofear. So there, there's people who will walk around with hemoglobins in the 70 to 90, to 90s for years and they're just incidentally found. And you don't need to rush them to hospital for, uh, for transfusions. Um, but if it's more acute, uh, the blood loss, or if there's underlying risk factors, and uh, uh, Dr. PhD, you may know this. Um, uh, so folks that have underlying coronary artery disease, I, I forget. I think it's hemoglobin less than 70 uh, makes them uh, a candidate for, for red cells. Uh, uh, but another, Is it 80? Yeah. Yeah, it's um, 70 for all comers, 80 for people with coronary artery disease or some kind of like, yeah. Yeah, so consult consult your local uh, guidelines. But for people in, in, in you know, especially levels uh, over 90, um, they usually will do fine with, with, uh, with oral uh, iron. Um, so choose your favorite formula. I like iron gluconate because it's easy to remember. The 300 milligram uh, iron gluconate contains 30 milligrams of elemental iron, and you you give it to as many tabs as they can handle. Usually, it's it's up to three tabs until they become brutally constipated, um, and uh, encourage them to take it with a, a bit of vitamin C, if not a, a supplement, then perhaps some uh, citrus uh, uh, drink. Um, and that usually within a couple of months, like three months. Um, can totally replenish their their hemoglobin, so that's quite satisfying to see. And often there's there's they become in, in, indefinitely uh, dependent on a bit of iron, like at least a tab. There's different formulations: iron sulfate. There's there's the uh, sugar irons. Um, Ferromax is is how it's branded. Uh, perhaps it's a little bit uh, better tolerated. Um, I, I think that's anecdotal. I, I'm not sure, but I don't know that there's any good empiric evidence suggesting that one is much, much better tolerated than another. Um, yeah. All I've heard is like um, anecdotally, uh, at least where I've worked, uh, pretty much always put them on ferrous gluconate. And we always remembered it like gluconate is good. And then all the other stuff was like crap. But that was just like, I don't know if there is any evidence. That's just what we did. So I put everyone on gluconate. Just how it be, man. It I like is, that. What it is. That's the simplest mnemonic of all. Yeah, G, good. Give them gluconate. <laughs> <It'd be okay>. <laughs> Done. <laughs> all right. So we got we have our our management uh, under control here. So shall we move on? Shall we move on? I'm just gonna pinch my nutsack. To see if that gives me a little bit more energy. I think we've done a really good job, to be honest. And I can feel, I can feel the audience uh, exsanguinating. Um, do you think we should probably wrap up? The, put a nice little bow tourniquet on this uh, episode. It sounds good. I think we can blast through uh, normocytic anemia and macrocytic anemia. Yeah, and Uber. So anticipate that. All right. Oh, yeah. 
This was this was just fantastic, guys. I I can't thank I can't thank you guys enough. This I mean, as an initiative, we are we are sharing uh, information that will one day uh, save lives. I mean, if we're if we're going to be uh, frank about it, uh, I, and I I don't think that's an exaggeration. So thank you both uh, today for helping. Uh, the uh, t- helping young aspiring physicians save lives. This has been a magical experience. <laughs>